Welcome, my friends. You're listening to Be On Air, your companion for launching and growing your own podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. This show is all about the transformational journey of sharing your message through podcasting and entrepreneurship. Learn from diverse experts and guides as we dive into the heart of podcasting, branding, and online business and share blueprints to achieve your purpose. If you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you want to start a podcast or want to grow your show, I invite you to book a free strategy session with me via the link in my show notes or on my website. That's all for now. I hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you on the other side. All right. So today I'm interviewing Bernadine Franco, who is an art historian and educator fascinated by the influence of women artists and female patrons on the story of American art. In a world where history is written by the victors, who are usually male and Caucasian, she focuses on the art and craft of women. Her podcast, Beyond the Paint, introduces you to a part of the art world you may never have known, the landscape of female visual artists, makers, and collectors. Through the visual expression of and by women, she exposes the astonishing beauty of women's inner lives and gives these makers and artists their deserved place in the canon of art. Her podcast is recognized by the National Museum of Women in the Arts in their list of recommended podcasts to listen to about women artists in 2020. Her podcast is amazing. She puts so much um, attention to detail into understanding these artists and giving them a voice if they're already passed or actually interviewing them if they're still here with us. And I'm really excited to break down what goes into making Beyond the Paint podcast with Bernadine. So Bernadine, thank you so much for making time for for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Kira. This is an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I know you just reached your 100th episode. And so many podcasters struggle to get past seven, uh, past 10 even. So I'm, I'm just so curious, like, how does that feel having worked on this for so long and to have finally achieved that 100th episode? How do you feel? So very humbled and yet so satisfied. And I have such joy, inner joy from all of the to have this accomplishment. And um, I feel that I'm right where I need to be. And I just really love being part of this community. I can't even tell you. It's wonderful. Mm. It's so inspiring. What, what have been some of the um, challenges along the way that, uh, that you've been able to overcome? So when I started podcasting, actually the idea came from a friend of mine who said, you listen to podcasts all the time. What a great avenue for you to share the story of art because I, I teach and uh, I did some blogging. So I, I didn't have someone like yourself. So I basically started YouTubing, looking up articles. I learned like through YouTubing how to start an an Audacity account, and I just started to record. But even before recording, one of the things I do is I do a lot of research on any work of art that I'm going to talk about. And so I do everything basically by script. So a lot of research, writing. But in the beginning, my podcast episodes were four minutes. When I recorded in Audacity, because I didn't really get a good handle on, I didn't have a good handle on editing, I would, if I made an error, I would record all over again. So there was a lot of hit and miss, a lot of trial and error, 
But through that, you just get better at it. You know, you just, you listen to more podcasts, you just, you just get better at it. So it's a skill set and you just have to keep at it and have a lot of patience and keep at it. Yeah. The, the technical hurdles of becoming an audio editor and a marketer and a producer and then like just the performance of speaking and yeah one of the really unique things about your podcast is the the amount of research that you do on each artist and the fact that you're like giving this voice to artists who sometimes aren't aren't around anymore could you talk a little bit about what goes into producing each episode sure and it and it's definitely evolved so when I first started I my idea was to to present two works of art and do like a comparison but it just didn't feel right it didn't work well so then I evolved that to looking at one work of art maybe it's the goal was to get the listener to kind of step into the space between themselves and a work of art. And I spent a lot of time in research. First of all, I spent a lot of time looking at a lot of those objects. I would go to museums and I would choose something that really drew me in and I wanted to share it. So it's describing the work, getting people to visually see the work and then giving context. So with the context there is, there's a lot of looking at scholarly articles and texts and just distilling that to, so it's very more easily understood you know so it's not all this art speak I wanted to kind of like cut that all out so people don't feel intimidated to, to stand in front of it and also to inspire them to go out and do that themselves and then again another involvement of that podcast happened in 2020 um, it was it's the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage and I made that decision that you know I love women artists so much that I was just going to focus on that and I think that's valuable because I think it's also important from a podcaster perspective almost like a niche find what you're most passionate about find what you're what you know the best and present that versus a broad view of anything. So that's what I, that's when I started working on just women. And again, but I did keep, I did hold on to one work of art, one woman getting, you know, the viewer in front of that work and then learning about the woman, learning about the context of the times it was made. And again, getting people to also think about and be inspired by that woman so that they too will you know, go and visit a museum or a gallery and experience it for themselves. Wow. So I didn't even realize that. So in the beginning, you weren't only focused on women artists. Is that correct? No. So I did. I was really focused on looking at two works of art. So looking at something from, let's say, the ancient world and then comparing to a contemporary artist, that was my big thing. But honestly, it was hard to communicate, especially if you don't see it. And it just didn't feel right for me. And that's when I started going to just the one artist. And so um, through, through that change, what did you notice, uh, you know, as you niche down, did you notice expansion in your listenership and in, in the podcast when that happened? Absolutely. Very much so. Um, I saw numbers rise, but also then another big game changer. And I, I wanted to nod to you, Keely, because you and I've talked about this. I know, Keely, my heart, Keely. So you, um, through working with you, I, you said, you know, why don't you bring in artists that you can talk to? And that was significant game changer. It's so much better for the listener's experience because they hear my perspective, but then they get to hear the artists themselves. 
And then artists who, especially one artist told me, especially in the time of COVID, they can't, you know, necessarily set up shows and galleries because, you know, so many things have closed, they have restrictions. This is a way to amplify and this is a way of getting their name out to get their work out. And, and along the way, I made some really wonderful women friends, which has expanded my life personally. That was something I didn't expect. That's so beautiful. And it, the secondary benefits of podcasting, of building our network and building our, our personal connections with, with wonderful people it is pretty, it's, it's not, I don't know that we can quantify it or put a value on it. It's priceless. And I feel like, you know, for the listener, if you, you haven't listened to Beyond the Paint, Bernadine paints almost like a prose-like picture of the art and then also includes historical information and like you were saying, scholarly research. And it's really fascinating to take something visual and translate it into a purely audio format. And I'm curious, uh, what has that been like for you? And has that, has that opened up new, new ways of seeing the art for you? Or, or like, what has that process been like? That's a great question. It actually has. Because how do I bring someone in that space that I stand in and have them really, truly see it? So it has. So, yeah, so it's definitely developed my vocabulary at minimum, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and, um, but it's also, I now look at art definitely in a more broader way because I have to really look more closely and really engage with it more deeply so I can communicate that. You know, so yeah. So and many people can, yeah, and people can stand in front of a, a canvas or, or a work of art, and can it can just totally miss their heart. Uh, just kind of th- there, there's no bridge, and it seems like what you're doing is you're helping build a bridge between um, people and the artist, and and to try and open up a doorway. And you share some really, really beautiful experience on your website. Um, about how art kind of first captured you. I'd wonder if you'd share for the listeners a little bit about that experience. Yes. And in fact, in my 100th episode, I know a lot of times people celebrate those milestones by going back into their archives and giving excerpts of their best episodes, et cetera. But for me, what I did was I turned, you know, my audio, my listener away from the painting to myself because it was, it wasn't anything I planned. I, I was a younger mother, a young mom, and I went to this art museum because it was something to do with my child, and it was free admission. The first painting I really remember seeing was a work by Frederick Church. It's Hudson River Painters called The Vale of St. Jamaica. And it's so, it captured me. I like, I weeped. The beauty of this massive, expansive landscape from the 19th century. And it was there and then that I started looking at connecting with art. And I ended up changing my degree. I was working on an English degree and I got into art history. I did graduate work at um, Trinity College in, in American Studies. I ended up becoming a docent at a museum. I did internships there. I worked in education. It became the fabric of my life in every way. Anytime I took a trip, it was always, well, what's going on at a museum? All those things. And how I discovered women was through my internships at the New Britain Museum. They just really spoke to me because in my own upbringing, Italian-American family, very conservative, women artists gave me that path. They liberated 
liberated me from kind of these kind of constraints of expectations. You know, I live, again, raised very traditionally. And it really freed me and liberated me to think in different ways. And the first artist, and I did highlight her in my 100th episode, is Louise Nevelson. You know, these women were so bold. They went up against patriarchy and artistic traditions to create and really highlight and show their own voices. So that's how that came about. It's incredible. That's Thank incredible. You. And, and uh, museums are, it's fascinating because people maybe are, some people may be more moved to tears easily by a sound like a song or a beautiful orchestra or, or maybe a theater or, or something. And, and through the visual medium to be affected that much and for some message to be conveyed so strongly through there is, is a really beautiful experience. I went to art school uh, in, in college. And, um, I remember art history and, you know, you have the, you have art history up until the modern area, modern era, and then you have modern art history. And it, it definitely shaped how I thought about art. And I realized, oh, these aren't just pretty pictures. This is, this is a deeper message that a time capsule that's being passed. And I feel like that's, that's really powerful, but we do need that sort of purport. We need a, an opening up of the message sometimes. And that's really what your podcast is doing. And so if I were to like shadow you, um, would you walk us through from start to finish how one of these episodes comes to life? Because I think we could we could all benefit from from your sure. process because you you combine multiple things to to make these sure. really rich content pieces. Sure. So a typical episode is, and you know, even like the workflow of crafting episode that too took time and it evolved. So I, I can honestly say after a hundred episodes, I kind of got that. So basically, what I do is. I'm out and about a lot, even through COVID. And COVID gave me some constraints because museums were closed for a while. So I, I mean, I did a lot through digital imagery. Um, it actually connected me to a lot of women artists, interestingly enough, to like Instagram. So I find a work that really moves me. And that's sort of the foundation. And I just, for myself, a lot of the works I, I, I'm not familiar with. So I kind of walk into that space and look around it. And then I start doing readings around the work and readings around the women artists who made the work. But I also look at things that were happening in, in its time frame when it was made. I might also look at other artists who are doing similar things. Sometimes I look at what the male perspective is to get very specific. I wake up early and I spend probably two to three hours just writing and reading and just putting a lot of, you know, trying to build, I try to build at least four pages because that's about 15 minutes of airtime. So my podcasts are usually about 15 to 20 minutes. If I have an artist, they're half an hour. And then I just edit and edit and edit. So that's that part. Then I record. It is on a script, so it's not just free thinking. I, I need the script to help me organize, and also it gives a better flow. Once I record, then it's editing through Audacity. Then I use a host. I use Spreaker. It is then uploading it, crafting you know, the title, crafting the description. That in itself is a job. You learn how to do that too better. And, you know, that, that's a skill set you develop too because you want to catch the eye of people. And then um, I always make sure I have resources and in the podcast notes, I develop all that. Once that's done, then I upload it to a website and then it's marketing it. My only social media I really focus on is Instagram. So I do a lot through that, you know, so many posts and I do things like an audiogram, a carousel, think those basic things. And then it's just out there. 
you know, and then work on another one. I do three a month. I'm trying to get to four a month. Um, the reason I do three in many ways is because it's just, it's such intense work. I would say I put a good 15 to 20 hours into developing a 20 minute podcast. So, uh, yeah, I know it's more than, because just the research, you don't know where it's going to take you. It's just work I love. I don't want to negate it because it's like this morning I started um, on episode 101 and I get in the, it's like the muse calls me. I'm up at seven and just, I love being in that space. You have to do something you're completely passionate about because it's not just your passion. There is a, there's a lot of, you know, I'm kind of trying to describe work or steps behind it. And I think in some ways the marking of it is, um, can be the, the biggest challenges for me because I'm not as experienced in marketing. It's people like you have helped me in some, in some ways too, to help with marketing. There's so many great things to dive into there. Like starting back at the beginning, uh, the, the research and then the, the writing, the sort of free, it sounds like you kind of free write and you're not limit, limiting yourself. You're just pouring out as much as you can. And for people who are either struggling, coming up with content ideas, or they don't know what to say. I know that I actually uh, ran into this when trying to do a solo episode, which is like, I know a topic I want to talk about. So right. I feel like when it comes to just like riffing and speaking, that can that can be a barrier for some people. And so what you're demonstrating is like, you can script it you can write basically an essay about your topic and read it and that does sound really pro and it sounds really it flows really well and it allows you to structure everything nicely um and so that's that's a really gold tip there for people especially it can change you can go to more free form but at least in the beginning if you're struggling getting content out writing seems to be a really a good way to do that and then you also mentioned instagram and and marketing and how that can be challenging and you know it seemed like you you experienced some some positive benefits especially when you were talking about artists who are still alive today or when you actually started to bring them on the show can you speak a little bit about that and how that increased increased the, the oh, size of your listenership. It really changed the game for me to bring in artists. So, but even that it's somewhat structured, unlike what we're doing, this having this free flow, more of a free flow conversation. I still do what I, for lack of a better word, like an analysis. So I will choose one of their works. So that's when in some ways the artist kind of gives up some of their own freedom in this pot, my podcast. So I choose the work. It's what draws me. I write about it. I always bring in, especially contemporary artists to bring in some kind of historical background. So there's a little bit of art history there. And then I set three questions for the artists that they see ahead of time. So there's a little bit of free flow, but it's also framed. And actually artists like that because it's easier for them to be more prepared. But at the same time, I don't want it to sound too scripted when we have the conversation. So there is definitely flow to that. And there's some, you know, back and forth. It could expand or maybe not expand. But for me, it's really important that I have some control of the content because at the end of the day, it's still bringing my audience that perspective, getting them to go into that arena, but getting to go in the arena of, a, of an artist who's contemporary that I'm going to interview. It's been very positive and it's very genuine, but there's a flattery around it that, that I get to dive people through their works. Plus I see things sometimes that they don't see because I'm the audience. So, oh, that's another good point to bring up. I'm the spectator. So because I'm the spectator, I'm part of the artwork in many ways. So they make it, they put it out there. 
And, and we're all spectators though. It's, but it's just what, the way I'm engaging with it, my viewpoint of it, what I'm going to take away with it. And artists, I mean, they want an audience. So and you're part of that it, final completion exactly. of, the, of the goal of the work. Exactly. And we all are if we step into that space, you know, that's how I do it specifically with artists. And it does help. The other tip I always want to give people too is, you know, not every episode I love. I mean, some, some of them, they're tougher. They were more difficult to script or to compose. And one of the things I've learned is just not to get so hung up on an episode. It's because I also want to make sure I get episodes out there. So there, um, Seth Godin talks about that he's a marketer and he talks about shipping it. So I'm a big believer in getting it done. Just ship it, ship it. That's and huge. on to the next thing. Um, yeah, Stephen Pressfield, also the art of, it's the art, not the art of war. He wrote a book about that too. It's just doing the work and then moving on. Otherwise you get stuck. And I've, I was there in the beginning when I was first doing my, my much smaller podcasts. Yeah, it's it's really true. And because such a huge key in podcasting is the consistency and it's sort of like showing up week after week or month after month. And so, yeah, it's this mix of quality, quantity, and and, gen- and genuinely just showing up on the mic and, and putting out the content. And I think one thing about Beyond the Paint podcast that's great is you do, you do one, you bring an artist on once a month, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a couple shorter ones. And that, that's a great model too. Like you, not every episode has to be the same. You can make your work easier on yourself and and have like a special thing happen once a month or every now and then and i think that's a a a really creative way to uh, use your time wisely and just give more variety to your audience as well yes yes and so you're talking about instagram and and this kind of ties into to your work which is like the value of seeing women through the perspective of other women rather than through the perspective of men and I think in so much marketing, uh, women are so subjectified and are objectified, uh, I should say. And so I'm curious, like Instagram is such a challenging place for, for a lot of us, whether it's the app design and how addictive it is or just the amount of content and being aware of so many things. But I'm, you know, what, what are some ways that you've, you've seen Instagram and how has that changed as you've been doing your podcast? The most important way it's helped me or changed is that I get to be in front of other women artists and women artists. Um, I am building a little bit of a, not a, I wouldn't say following, but I'm having women artists actually come to me now. Again, a lot because they want to get their work out, especially through COVID. And so that's where it's helped in building a community for myself. But now when it comes to artist, you know, art history and just, you know, women from the past, I would say that's not where it's value. Um, that's for me, you know, I, that's more, you see more in the museum. So that's my opportunity to bring that to you. But Instagram has been valuable that way. Um, I'm not really adept at, I'm, I'm getting better at marketing through the Instagram. In some ways, my hope is that I build enough, a large enough audience and even an audience with women artists that I won't, I will rely less on social media. So that's my big goal. I want the podcast to be the lead, not, you know, I mean, to me, Instagram is just, it's a side um, avenue that helps me, but it's 
helps feed the podcast in some way. But my goal is to really build an audience in, in such a way that I don't need to use that. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. And do you think one day people look back on like these photos of Instagram gallery feeds and and as sort of as we look back on art, do you think that somehow that'll be seen as the postmodern art? It could. So I that's a tough question to ask me, Keely, because I'm so about seeing it in person and it's hard for me. And yet these artists are using it because they're trying to also get people to engage with their works. So I'm, my hope is, is that I can at least take that digital image, especially seen on a phone, which is very small. We don't experience the tangibility of the work, meaning the, the medium, if it's paint, if it's sculpture, we don't really walk around it. We don't really see the tangibility of paint. And, and that is something that's truly missing out of social media platforms like Instagram. I think it's just a springboard because again, and I think even the women artists would agree, they want you in the space of their works, especially women who do like um, works of large pieces, you know, large installations. You can't, some of the women artists, and one I'll, I'll bring up, Catherine Hart, when she does an installation, she uses the space, she uses the way the light hits it, the shadows, all of that as part of the work. You cannot see that in a digital image. So I think part of it is funny, we're interested we're talking about this because that is also a big part of my mission in doing podcasting is to, to get people to think outside of digital, you know, because it, again, a digital image can be repeated over and over again. And every time you repeat that image, you know, it's something's taken away. But the real piece, the, the, the authenticity of a piece can only be experienced when you're in front of it. Yes, absolutely. That makes sense. The experience of going and, and putting ourselves in the space with the art is at least like, um, it's almost like simulated by you walking through the piece with the, with the listener on the episode. Right. And, and so it's really, it's really fascinating how you've use this format to to guide people through and not everyone goes to galleries so you're kind of giving that and you know something you you were touching on which is like you're building a platform and this is something i want the listeners to kind of take away from this as well which is podcasting is a platform and that platform can be used and leveraged to support other voices and the more that we that we get adept. Like this is the the example of magazines. This is the example of morning, you know, morning television, daytime shows. Like you build a stage, you build a platform, you get viewers watching, you build sort of this format for how you're going to highlight an interview and feature different guests. And then you start to find that people come out from the community and from your network and they want to be, they want to share their work. And so the more time and planning we put into building a platform, uh, we will actually grow the show because one of the keys to growing a podcast is through networking and is through borrowing the audience of your guests. And so like, for instance, we have this conversation, you share it. Some of your audience maybe tunes into my podcast. Some of my audience tunes into your podcast. And in this way we expand and expand. And so I really think about it. Like we have this microphone and we, we were working on turning the volume up louder and louder. So the whole planet can hear. And eventually you can have a podcast like Joe Rogan or or like these, these huge shows where anyone is basically, almost anyone, even almost the president of the United States almost would go on to that show and, 
and speak. And so that's the power of what we're doing here. And even though we're starting, we may be starting small, the, the platform is huge. And, and what you're, I think, finding with your show is like now all these women artists are coming out and supporting and being part of it and, and sharing their work through it. And it becomes bigger than just even your view. It becomes this platform and, and launch pad for all these other artists. So true. So true. Yeah. Beautifully said. It's an exciting uh, potential of of this platform. And so I know you're also working on some courses and I was hoping you could maybe talk a little bit about that. So, and through podcasting, this is another opportunity to, again, take the vision of the podcast about women, art, especially focus on women artists and give the audience an opportunity to engage in another way with these works. So I'm developing a course looking at the female figure through women artists and especially the female nude figure. And it's, so I'm taking four contemporary artists and it's not, it's not um, chronological. It's all by theme. So for example, Jenny Savile does these large women, painterly huge. I mean, they fill a room. And then comparing it to, you know, the Venus of Willendorf, which is this little tiny prehistoric figure, very tiny, you can hold in your hand, making comparisons and looking at body image compared to then. And, and we don't know a lot because it's prehistoric, but also through the lens of, of, of Savile. I'm presenting this as a way, again, to deepen my relationship with those who are my listeners. And it's going to be free. I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to have it available at the end of the year. Another artist I'm going to highlight, which I'm really excited by, I actually did a podcast on her, Renee Cox, Reclaiming Black and Brown Bodies. And she just the stereotypes that we, we know about, like Jezebel and the Mammy of black bodies, she turns it on its head, you know? So mm -hmm. that's another person. So it gives you a chance to see them up close. I ha include like a short, like, I don't want to say lecture, but I'll talk. But it also, I ask you some reflective questions that you can do on your own. So a little bit of our history, looking again to the lens of women through themes like body image, black and brown bodies, the reclining nude, which was done for hundreds and hundreds of years and those kinds of things. Yeah. And th this is awesome because podcasts can directly contribute to this sort of uh, course creation process for any podcaster. And so you, you kind of using the podcast, using the course, creating that symbiotic relationship to uh, give the audience a deeper way to engage with your work uh, is just a great example of of the power of podcasting. And I think that that is just such a exciting thing that you're doing. And so I, I'll Thank make sure you. that information goes in the show notes on that. Thank uh, you. Because I, I don't think this will air until that's actually available. I'm curious, if you were starting over in podcasting, is there anything you would have done differently? No, I, I, I love the journey. I mean, it was a journey that had its, a lot of challenges and maybe frustrations. I would say that if anything, if I could have done anything different was meeting people like yourself. I met you um, what, in the summer, I think so, um, early summer. Having a coach would have just helped move things along quicker. Does that make sense? But, um, yeah. but otherwise, no, no, no. I'm so glad I'm, I'm doing this. And, and even though it's, and it, there is a lot of work in it and it's a lot of, I would say a lot, you need a lot of consistency. You need a lot of patience. It's a beautiful space to be because you meet, meet so many people. And, and I do, I do, I'm getting more and more feedback. I get people to write to me and 
tell them, you know, how much it's, you know, help them look at things in a different way. So that's very satisfying too. And also to the bigger picture, I'm, I didn't realize how much I'm helping other artists. You know, here I am thinking these women have changed my life in so many ways. And, but I'm able to lift other women, which is a lot of fun too. And so you were, you were recognized by the natural uh, national museum of women in the arts. How did that happen? I wish I could tell, I don't know for sure. Um, all I could think of, I mean, I don't know how I got on that list and they didn't even tell me another artist told me, they said, Hey, did you see this? So it's, I don't know, but I'm really proud of it because I'm in the company of other podcasters who are far, you know, they have many more podcasts. They, the lonely palette is on that list. They have um, more recognition than I do. So it means a lot to me. Um, if anything, I do engage with them through Instagram, but I, I really don't know. And I've tried to reach out to them to find out. I want to thank them personally. I wrote them a letter, but I don't know, but I, but it's still very, um, I'm very humbled and moved by it. I thank them. I think it's uh, probably the valuable content and the and the time you've put in, like you're saying, almost 20 hours goes in each episode. I think that in and of itself, it's like the quality speaks for it. And anyone who goes and listens will be able to hear that. What advice would you give? You know, you touched on it a little bit, like maybe a coach, but what other advice would you give someone new to podcasting? Um, the big patience and know that we are in arena. This is cool part. We're our own, like, it's our own creative work in a sense, if that makes sense. So we don't have someone that we have to, we don't have, we're not part of a news station. We're not part of cable. Whatever we, we can do what we want. We have that license. And my biggest takeaway, and I said a little bit before, is just get it out there. Don't get into perfectionism, any of that. Just put it out there you know, and you will get better with time. And again, consistency, and you do have to put in the work. Keely, you've said it all, I can't underscore that enough. And if you're looking for a big monetary um, return right away, I think you need need to look at it a different way. It shouldn't be the driver. You can, you can leverage a a monetary um, uh, rewards from it. But I don't think that it shouldn't be your driver for it. You know, it should be something bigger. You know, I'm, I also teach. I'm an educator. Um, I'm working on a book on Elizabeth Colt, who's a 19th century art patron. So I do other things. But again, this is just another avenue. I get to share the story of art with other people and, and other people all over the world. I mean, it's, this goes everywhere. So it just aligns with my mission, the way I live my life. So it's, it goes hand in hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's what I love to do best. So it's, it's, it, it worked out in that sense. Mixing our, our passion and our purpose. And, and I think we do that enough and eventually profit will come of it. Exactly. And I, I, th- I do think there's a magic shift when people get beyond episode a hundred, they learn enough about their audience and their, their content. And it takes that investment for things to shift. You know, obviously people with huge networks, when they start a podcast, it's going to go faster and accelerate. But I, I just am so excited for this next hundred, these next hundred episodes of Beyond the Pain. And I know Thank you. that it's only going to get richer and just expand more. And I'm really 
inspired by the work you're doing. And thank you. So how can, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Obviously they can listen to beyond the paint podcast on all platforms. I'll put your links in the show notes, but what's uh what's a, what's the best way for people if they wanted to get in touch with you? Sure. Especially if you're a woman artist and you want to maybe be a guest on my podcast, I would love to hear from you. So my website is beyond the paint.net or you can email me at Bernadine at beyond the paint.net. And I'm also on Instagram at Beyond the Paint Podcast. So that would be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, and you do giveaways and you, you know, you, you have great posts on there. You're you're ta- you interact with the female uh, the women art community a lot and it's just uh it's a it's a great place. It's a great corner of Instagram. So Thank you. everyone go go check out Bernadine's podcast and channels. And yeah, Bernadine, I'm I'm so grateful for your time today, for you sharing your journey with Thank the you. podcast and and just sharing your wisdom and and for the work you do. Thank you, Keely. Same here. Yeah, it was great talking. Have a great Same, day. Same, you too. Take care. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your microphone and broadcasting your message to the world. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how I can help you on your broadcasting journey by getting in touch with me and maybe even apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks, and thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.